Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, riding solo for this nice nine-game card we have on our hands. It is a wonderful December 29th. It's a Wednesday. Got some good games to break down here. Uh, a couple teams on backs-to-backs, every team dealing with health and safety protocols. So a lot of news to monitor, a lot of news to get to, a lot of people in and out of lineups creating value for us. But it's exciting times when you're playing. I mean, it's it's negative times. Let's get that right out of the way with all the health and safety protocols. Obviously, we want to see these studs play as many games as they can. Uh, no one likes slates without Jason Tatum and you know, Collins and a lot of these other guys that we'll get to. But uh, it creates value. It opens up opportunity. It allows those who monitor the news and keep track of everything going on to have an edge. And if you're playing DFS, an edge is the most important thing that you could have. So, uh, before we jump into anything, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy. This NBA season, it is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. So, how do you play? Well, you join the lobbies, you choose 10 out of 20 available player props, build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of the prize pool. Thrive is awarded over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly. And for the NBA, over $6 million thus far. So use that promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up. And you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100, guys. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store or Play Store or visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. So that's promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. Nine games on the docket, all by my lonesome. So you'll probably hear me motor through some of these games. And, you know, sometimes that's easier, right? We, we've heard both things. You know, spend more time, spend less time. Uh, and simply because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're lowering our player pool. So you, you know this already. If you're in our Discord, you hear me say my most owned players. There's a lot of people I like. There's a lot of people that we look at keeping the player pool. But at the end of the day, we have to narrow down these player pools. We have to narrow down these games to the ones that we want to hit the most on. So that's kind of why I go a little bit quicker sometimes. You get to hear who I'm more excited about. And I try not to mention the players. I don't see myself having much ownership in so make it a little bit easier. New York Knicks traveling to Detroit, New York on the second half of a back-to-back. So we are not going to have that injury report at the moment. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. But we do have the Pistons, and it's a long one. Cade Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, Killian Hayes, Josh Jackson, Corey Joseph, Saban Lee, Isaiah Livers, Trey Lyles, Rodney McGruder, Kelly Olynyk, Chris Smith, and Isaiah Stewart have all already been ruled out. Uh, no game total for this one, so we'll jump right into things. Look at this New York Knicks team. They're on the second half of a back-to-back here. Playing Minnesota tonight, we're kind of seeing a lot of what we expected. Uh, Emmanuel quickly was announced back, but he did not play in this one due to health and safety protocols and conditioning because of it. So he was available, but not really playing any minutes. So we have to keep an eye on that. I would expect him to probably play on the second half of a back-to-back. He'll likely be limited in some facet where he's not going to play a full workload. So it's not like he's a guy that we're playing. Uh, but it definitely affects guys like Kemba Walker, who I think everybody has been everybody's favorite DFS play. Not mine tonight. He's burning me a little bit on tonight's slate. I was I was warning the fade on it. Uh, but once I saw that there's a decent chance quickly wasn't going to get any minutes, I hopped right back on board. And I'm paying the piper on that one. He's, he's having a pretty down game. But 
for the most part, you know, you can go back to the well with Kemba. I wouldn't fault you that much. I think he'll be a good GPP pivot. I wouldn't trust him as much in cash with so many point guards in that same range, which we'll get to, that I do have interest in. So he's a pivot at most. And we're also expecting McBride to be back in this one. Uh, another guy who, out of the health and safety protocols, he was cleared to play. Now they got three guards. It's not the same situation where they brought Kemba back off the bench and playing him 40-plus minutes. Uh, so nothing more than GPPs. And I think we can definitely look at a guy like Quentin Grimes as well. Uh, he's been playing the minutes, getting back up there. First game back, he played 25. Looks like he's right around that 28 range tonight. And good games, both games. So 4K, decent value play. Is he the guy that you build around? Probably not, but he's certainly in play for me. And I don't think I'll be going necessarily to this front court. Uh, Julius Randle up to 10-8. I'm not playing Burks at 72. Mitchell Robinson had himself a game tonight. I'm not chasing that at 5K. Again, very similar uh, situation to Kemba where I just think we have better better plays available. I don't think we necessarily need to go there. Uh, and on to the Detroit Pistons. It's a good matchup for him right here. I think Frank Jackson at 53 would be my top target over here. There's just no point guards available. He's not your traditional point guard where he's going to rack up, you know, seven or eight assists or anything like that. Uh, but he's going to play a boatload of minutes. There's no doubt about that. He's going to get his handful of minutes. He's going to get his shot attempts. You can even look at Derek Walt Jr. if you need a 3,400 minimum salary type player, simply because these are two of the only guys that can really handle the ball on the team. So they're both most certainly in play with me. Uh, I don't believe I'll be going to necessarily like Sadiq Bay at 8K almost, 7,900. Should get the shot attempt, should get everything else with it. I'm not going to chase that Diallo game at 62. Another guy I don't mind, but I think there's – he's priced to the point where, you know, you're looking at a floor of about 24 to 25 and a ceiling of probably about 40. So you're kind of getting what you pay for at that 62. Like, again, I, I wouldn't fault you for going there. If you're landing on him, don't worry about changing it so much. But I, he just doesn't have that GPP upside that I'm really looking at. And then for the center position, there's a couple options we could look at. Uh, Luca Gar- Garza put up a nice game in the last one. Only played 20 minutes and put up 31 DK points. So he's not necessarily getting a lion's share. We're seeing Czech Diallo play about a decent amount of minutes as well. So if you need min-salary guys, you know, this is probably the game that you could take a good look at with Czech Diallo, with Derek Walton Jr. I think both those guys are in play, but they're no, they're nowhere near like Sherlock's and must-play guys. I think Frank Jackson remains at the top tier uh, of the guys I'm looking at on this team. On to the next game, Charlotte Hornets, Indiana Pacers. This is a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. For the injury report, the Hornets, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, both ruled out. And then for the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon is questionable. T.J. McConnell, T.J. Warren continue to be out for this team, though not expected back, probably for the remainder of the season at this point. Warren, Warren most likely. 227.5 game total. Indiana being favored by 2.5 points. We know any team going against Charlotte is going to have a pretty high game total. Uh, played a decent amount of Lamella ball against Houston. Didn't work out the way I'd like because it ended up being a blowout. He only played 25 minutes. This game expected to be a little bit closer. 9-9. Anytime he's under 10K, we're keeping it with a player pool. Absolutely, for sure. And then I think we go right back to the well with a guy like Jalen McDaniels. Uh, he only played about 27 minutes in that blowout, but he still managed 23.75 DK points at 4,200. If this game stays close, they need the size in the front court. Going against the bonus, going against Miles Turner. So I'd expect McDaniels to play closer to that 30, 33-minute mark. Absolutely, those are my two favorite plays I'm looking at. And I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to some of these mid-tier plays with Hayward, Oubre, Rozier. Uh, there's going to be shots to go around with no bridges in there. We saw Rozier put up 17 shots in only 27 minutes, came out with 44 DK points. So he'd probably be the guy I'm leaning to towards the most. But again, 
it's really like pick your poison and throw a dart at the board when it comes to these three guys. They're all going to shoot a ton. Hayward's probably the one guy on the outside looking in between Ubre and Rozier. But for the most part, I'm looking at LaMelo. I'm looking at McDaniels, and I don't mind dart throws and a couple of GPPs at these other guys. Those mid-tier guys are more pivots off some other plays, which we'll get to later. On to the Pacers side of the ball. We have Levert priced up at 91, Sabonis priced up at 10-7. Levert has back-to-back 50-point games, and that's with Brogdon out. He's been handling the ball a lot more. We've seen uh, you know, assist totals averaging 10 over the last two games. Certainly a guy that you know you want to look at, but nine ones is too expensive for me. Uh, if you have them leftover money, sure, why not? I think there's other guys I'd spend up on. I just don't want to pay that nine one price tag for him. I think I'm all set there. Not paying a ten seven for Sabonis. This is a great matchup for him uh, going against an undersized front court. But ten seven, we need a good fifty to fifty five DK points at the very least for him to pay off that price tag. So I think these guys are just slightly overpriced to the point where it priced them out for me. I, I just don't want to get the shares. Duarte at fifty three. Right where he should be priced. Um, not much floor, not much ceiling. He's okay. You know, he's comfortable. I think we even have better cash plays that we could look at for cheaper price tags. So, for the most part, I don't see myself going to all that much on this Indiana side of the ball, which is very awkward for me. Uncomfortable, we could say, because I normally like to target Charlotte greatly. I mean, if you're doing a little bit of a mini game stack, then sure. You know, if you're playing LaMelo and you want to run it back with somebody, I don't mind it just because of the matchup that they're in. For the most part, these price tags kind of take a lot of the, the luster away from these guys. On to the 7.30 Eastern Standard Time game. We have the L.A. Clippers traveling to Boston, taking on the Celtics. Celtics dealing with their own share of injuries that we have to talk about over here. But uh, for the most part, Bruno Fernando, Enos Cantor, C.J. Miles, Aaron Naismith, Dennis Schroeder, Jason Tatum all ruled out. Marcus Smart is questionable dealing with that hand laceration, forced him to sit out that last game. For the Clippers, Batum, Paul George, Isaiah Hartenstein, Reggie Jackson, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Preston, Jay Scrub, and Moses Wright have all been rolled out. Looking at a game total, we do not have one yet, so we're going to have to keep an eye on that. Uh, starting off with this Clippers team, probably going to be the same guys I've been playing. It's going to be Bledsoe at 6,400, another one of those guards. You'll hear me say in that high fives, low six range that we are, we're going to have like three or four of these guys until they price him up. And yes, they're coming off. He's coming off of a little bit of a down game, but it was in 28 minutes and a blowout against Brooklyn. Uh, I anticipate this game stays fairly close with them missing some of their, you know, bigger bodies. Uh, you know, no, no Tatum's definitely going to impact them. Possibly no smarts going to impact them. If smart plays, maybe, you know, go to one of these other options that we'll talk about. But nonetheless, I think that Eric Bledsoe most certainly in play. And then we saw Marcus Morris return in that last game. So, he ended up playing 27 minutes in his first game back, put up 40 DK points. At 5,400, he's certainly in play. They're going to need some size. We'll see a combination of probably Morris, Zubats, and Serge Ibaka. All probably play those high 20 minutes with maybe maybe uh, Serge Ibaka being on the lower end of that. But they're going to need the size going against the Celtics front court because that's the one thing that is healthy. They do have uh, you know, Al Horford, and they do have Robert Williams both available. So I'll be looking at Morris. I'll be looking at Bledsoe. Those will be my two top options. Uh, Zubats always remains a pivot off of some of these other 5K guys, but that's all he is. He's not a core play. Uh, you'll hear me talk about a few other guys in a little bit. On the Boston side of the ball, if Marcus Smart's ruled out, you could certainly go right back to the Pritchard well at 5K. Dude played a boatload of minutes, 44 minutes. Uh, I would say he's in play either way, even if we see Smart play. He should still get significant minutes, but 5K is a pretty expensive price tag for him. Now, listen, 
if Smart sits, it's not expensive enough. If Smart plays, it's somebody that I think we could shy away from. It'd be pretty chalky if Smart sits. So if you if merits the fade due to ownership, if you're playing multi-entry, uh, multi-entry GPPs, I certainly get that. But most certainly in play for me. And then Jalen Brown priced all the way up to 10K. This guy averages about 1.37 DK points per minute when Tatum's off the floor. 10K is still probably not high enough. He probably should be more like 10-3, 10-4. I think that we have a number of guys that we could spend up on this slate, but uh, I prefer him over guys like you know Westbrook. I prefer him. Uh, I probably still slightly prefer Lamelo, but Jalen Brown's a little bit safer. I think I prefer him over Trey, who's a you know thousand dollars more. LeBron gets a little dicey with how well he's been playing at 11-8. So I'm going to keep Brown in my player pool. He has that small forward eligibility, which none of those other guys I mentioned have. So that's what's going to come down to is how your builds turn out and what positions you want to spend up on. On to the next game, Atlanta Hawks traveling to Chicago, taking on the Bulls here for the injury report and the Hawks. Buckle up. It's a long one. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins, Sharif Cooper, Gorgie Dang, Malik Ellison, Danilo Gallinari, Solomon Hill, Kevin Werder, DeAndre Hunter, Wes Awundu, Jalen Johnson, Timmy Thulawau-Cabro, Nyeka Okungu, Lou Williams, and DeLon Wright are all out. Hawks are battered and bruised for the Bulls. Lonzo Ball, Tony Bradley, Alex Caruso, Ursan Ilyasova, Alfonso McKinney, Patrick Williams, and Derek Jones Jr. is questionable. So, number of guys out on both sides of the ball, which always means that we should have some value available creeping up around the corner for this game. So, i uh, got to monitor the starting lineup. We've kind of seen it be a little fluid for Atlanta, but with Trey Young back, we know where the usage is going to go. So, uh, I already told you, 11K, the dude's an absolute stud. He's going to be the only one day on this team able to pretty much do anything. But at 11K, I think there's other options I'd rather spend up on. Just my personal recommendation and what I'm – currently doing i wouldn't fault you for going there it's Trey young a guy that can get 10 dimes and 30 points on any given night cam reddish coming off of a monster game where he took 23 shot attempts so put up 33 real life points put up 42 dk points at 6200 i'll fade that and i'll let other people take it i, I had him i had him everywhere uh especially in my turbo slates he was 100 owned to my turbo slates i had about 18 maybe 20 percent on my 20 entry gpp maxes so i think he's still certainly in play I just don't want to chase this game. At 6,200, I'd prefer guys, you know, we'll get to them like Derek White, maybe even a Bledsoe, some of these other guys in that 6K range at that guard position. Uh, comes into play due to that small forward eligibility, but for the most part, just don't see myself going to him all that much. The one guy I do want to talk about uh, is going to be Brown Jr. He played 30 minutes in that last one. I anticipate another 30-minute game from him, uh, you know, 3,300 uh, near min salary guy at that small forward position. Not going to have a ton of usage. Only took seven shot attempts. But listen, he only knocked down one of those and still put up almost 20 DK points. So when you're looking at a min-salary guy that you need some value for, I think that Brown Jr. is most certainly in play. He's probably going to be one of my primary targets from this side of the ball at the very least. But with all these guys out, dart throws all over the place. There's going to be minutes to go around. I'm not playing guys like Lance Stevenson, though. Uh, it would probably mostly be Brown Jr., and I wouldn't argue with any of these spend-ups. If you wanted to go to a Capella, a Young, or Cam Reddish, wouldn't fault you. Just don't see myself going there all that much myself. On the other side of the ball, DeRozan, Levine, both these guys are just having the offense funnel through them. Uh, I think most people are probably going to keep going to the two stud builds with all the value that just keeps cropping up all over the place. So uh, who do I prefer in this? I say probably Levine in this matchup. I had to do a little bit more DeRozan in that last one. Started hopping off of him at the last minute and switched to a little Levine. And they were fairly close. Levine put up 52. DeRozan put up, yeah, I think, 56, 57. 
Uh, you're getting a little discount with the Rosen, but he's only power forward eligible, while Zach Levine has that dual eligibility. Uh, I'd rather not play Vucevic at 9K. It's actually a really good price tag for him, but he's coming off of his best game of the season, 65.75 DK points. I'm not chasing that. I'll let other people box score chase. Not a thing I'm into. So for me, it's going to be those two top dogs. And if you want to go to a little Kobe White at 45, sure, why not? Uh, played 25 minutes in that last one. We haven't seen a big blow-up game for him. And it's not that same circumstance where he's actually just sharing a lot of the usage. He's getting you know third, fourth fiddle next to these other three studs. So I wouldn't say that, you know, I love the ceiling. I just love the matchup. Anytime a point guard is going against Trey Young, I will keep them in my player pool. For the most part, though, just the two top dogs with DeRozan and Levine. Fifth game of the night, L.A. Lakers traveling to Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies here. Lakers on the second half of a back-to-back, no injury report for the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks, Jared Culver, John Conchar, DeAnthony Melton, Sam Merrill, Zaire Williams, all in the health and safety protocol. No game total, no spread. For the Lakers, LeBron James, 11-8. Yeah, he's in play. Uh, There's no doubt about it. I mean, I had a ton of them. On today's slate, simply because of my builds and the way it was looking, you know, the Houston Rockets matchup is fantastic. And knowing that I didn't love a lot of these power forward options that we had available, so I just ended up landing on him more than Jokic. Most given nights, I'm playing Jokic over him, but it all comes down to your builds. It's not necessarily about worrying about trying to get the highest scoring guy in there, uh, but more or less that everybody in your lineup puts out a high output. So I think LeBron's certainly in play. I'm not playing Westbrook at 10 5. No, thank you. Prefer somebody on the other side of the ball way more. And then we also saw LeBron play that center position. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on it. It could happen again. But knowing that this front court's a little bit bigger uh, than the Rockets, they're probably going to end up starting Adams and Jaron Jackson alongside of them, while the Rockets normally just start Christian Wood. We probably won't see that. And if that's the case, we'll most likely see Dwight Howard. Uh, Hopefully it's Dwight Howard, not DeAndre Jordan, uh, draw the start. But keep your eye on that whole news. Not a lot of interest for this team in general outside of LeBron. I can see Melo at 5,200, but I think we'll have better forward plays available when it's all said and done. Uh, I guess we can, Malik Monk drew the start tonight. I like him better coming off the bench. So if he draws the start, no interest. If he comes off the bench, I will have interest. More usage on that bench. We don't want him sharing the ball at Westbrook and LeBron. It's just want the guy to have the ball in the hands. Next, or other side of the ball, John Morant, 8,800, most certainly in play. I love targeting Point guards going against the Lakers. It's something I always look at every single time they're on the slate. 8,800 is too cheap for John Morant. The dude put up 66 DK points against his team earlier in the season on 13 of 21 shooting. Had a 40-point double-double with 10 assists. Absolutely in play for me. Uh, I love this price tag. He's one of my favorite point guards on the slate. Probably one of my favorite spend-ups in general. And he's a lot cheaper than some of these other guys. So I actually prefer him over some of these other guys like Trey Young, who is $2,200 more than him. I think I'd rather play Morant. That discount that I'm getting with Morant with this very similar upside, sign me up. I'm good with that. Uh, outside of him, I think you look at Kyle Anderson with Kyle, John Conchar now in the health and safety protocols. We're probably looking at close to 30 minutes from Anderson coming off the bench. Could even draw the start. I like him better when he starts the power forward position, so he's not like any must play by any means necessary, but I definitely think he's going to get a little bit of a bump with John Conchar now in the health and safety protocol. So those are the two main options I'm looking at. Uh, Jaron Jackson's always a pivot, but – uh, I, I really like to try to pinpoint his matchups, and he should have a pretty good one going against his Lakers team, but I'm not trying to get overboard uh, or go overboard on a lot of these Memphis guys. So I just don't see him have my, myself having more than maybe 10% shares of him in the 20-entry max, essentially, you know, two lineups. But I'm not going to rule him out either. 
Uh, Miami Heat traveling through San Antonio, taking on the Spurs here. No injury report for Miami. Second half of a back-to-back for the Spurs. DeJounte Murray and Zach Collins continue to be out. And as we know, Miami dealing with their own health and safety protocol issues and injuries. Max Struess uh, in the health and safety protocols with Kyle Lowry. P.J. Tucker, Deadman, Bam, all missed tonight's game with injuries. Uh, and then we know that Markeith Morris is still out because he got beat up by Jokic. I'm going to go back to the well in a lot of these same spots here, this Miami game. It's going to be uh, the big man that I've been getting plenty of shares of and I will continue to con- play because he's not priced high enough, and it's Omer Yurt 7. Uh, he's my favorite center on the slate at 4,600. We know that they're going to play big with Pirtle, so sign me up. You're 7. He's been absolutely crushing. The dude's a fantastic point-per-minute player. As long as he's playing even 25 to 30 minutes at that price tag, we're going to have uh, just a ton of interest in him. Favorite center, don't, get, don't be surprised if he's one of my favorite values when we get to the end of the show, too. Excuse me. Take a sip of water. I'm coughing over here. Talking too fast. Absolutely love him. Probably sounds like this podcast is on like two times speed right now. I assure you it's not. Outside of him, I played a ton of Jimmy Butler on tonight's slate. It's not as great of a matchup for him, but he's certainly still going to be in play at 9,300. He should be a 10K price tag guy as long as we see Kyle Lowry is out. And then Tyler Hero continue to have the second most shot attempts on this team. Continue to rock a high usage. The game should be close. Those are the three guys I'm looking at. They're all in play. I can see having one to two of these guys in most of my lineups for sure because there's somebody on the other side of the ball I really want to run it back with as well. Look at that segue. Derek White, 6,800. Yes, he is in play. I prefer him over Bledsoe. The dude is just handling the ball, and that's what we like to see. Normally, it's a DeJounte Murray role. He's playing 30-plus minutes as long as the game stays close, and he should have at least 7 to 10 assists as long as this game stays close. Couple with the fact that he's a great three-point shooter, and he'll continue to take at least five to six three-pointers and 15-plus shot attempts. Sign me up. Uh, Derek White is in play. He's one of my favorite guard options that we have on the slate. So give me some Derek White. Run it back with some your seven, maybe another guy, and I think you have yourself a nice little mini-game stack here. It's just two competitive teams. Now, this game won't have the highest game total. It'll probably be fairly low scoring, especially with Miami being on the second half of the back-to-back. But we have options. We always have options. We have options to take a look at. Outside of Derek White, I think you could you know, pick your poison with one of these rotational bench guards that normally come off the bench, like a Lonnie Walker. Uh, you could look at a Devin Vassell. I don't mind them. I don't think they're the greatest players. I don't think they're the worst. But keep them in your player pool. Again, one of the type of guys where if maybe you're not playing White and you happen to land on them, Sure, why not? Uh, but trying to sit here and pinpoint which one's going to have a better game when I don't think either one of them have the highest of upsides is not something I'm really into. Uh, I think we have better options that we'll get to and already have talked about. Next two games, a little bit less competitive is what I imagine. OKC traveling to Phoenix. OKC on the second half of a back-to-back. No injury report. DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, Dario Sarge, Ish Wainwright, have all been ruled out. 217 game total in this one. Uh, no game totals for those other games, as I just mentioned. So we're just going to have to wait and see on those. But 217, Phoenix being favored at the moment. Buckle up for this. Probably one of the largest spreads I've seen before uh, a game started. 15 points. Uh, yeah, you heard that correctly. I said 15 points. It's a 15-point spread being favored towards the wonderful Phoenix Suns. So, yeah, take what take what you want from that. Um, you know, spreads don't mean everything. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Nonetheless, it's what we have to deal with. Uh, looking at this wonderful, wonderful Oklahoma City team, 
I'm not spending up on Shea in this type of matchup. Uh, honestly, it's just going to be a couple of value options that I have any interest in. Uh, Isaiah Roby drew the start. Uh, you know, as as I'm recording this, it's still the first quarter. He has the first eight minutes played. Yeah, that's enough for me to see to consider Isaiah Roby at mid-salary 3K. Wouldn't expect all that much from him, but if we can get 25 from him, possibly 30, uh, we would take that for sure. Min-salary, 100%. We're cool with that. Uh, and then I don't mind looking at a guy like Muscala, you know, another bench option. Didn't start, but came off the bench. Played. He's going to probably end up playing 20, 25 minutes when it's all said and done. And then I think Kenrich Williams at 4K, getting a little bit of a price bump. It was 3700 the night before. Did not draw the start, so it takes a little luster away, but keep an eye on the lineup on a back-to-back. We could see them uh, switch things up a little bit. But mostly, Roby's the top guy that I'm looking at. On the Phoenix side of the ball, McGee at 5,100, certainly in play. I prefer year seven over him. A little bit of a down game, down minutes from McGee in that last one against Memphis. Nonetheless, he fouled out very quickly. So let people box score chase. If they don't see it, they don't see it. But at 5,100, he's most certainly definitely in play. Now, if the game gets out of hand, we could see him hit the pine pretty quickly. Uh, But don't be scared off about that game total and the minutes played. It was the foul trouble. That really caused him an issue in that last one. If for some reason this game stays close and he stays out of foul trouble, he's playing 30-plus 30, uh, 30 and crushing that 5,100 price tag. Probably the only guy I have any real interest in outside of maybe like a campaign who ended up playing 36 minutes himself and put up 33 DK points. Those are the two guys I'm really looking at, although Booker and Paul maintain to have delicious-looking price tags. So, I mean, maybe if you're running it back with Shea, but I, there's no one I really want to run it back with with any confidence. Two games left, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Utah Jazz traveling to Portland, taking on the Trailblazers for Portland. Robert Covington, C.J. McCollum, Ben McLemore, Yusuf Nurkic, Dennis Smith Jr., Cody Zeller, Trendon Wofford, Wofford, all ruled out, and the Jazz are healthy and good to go outside of Donovan Mitchell, who we know is dealing with his own injury. We're seeing these guys' price tags get a little bit of a bump now. Uh, Rudy Gobert up to 9,800. It's a fantastic matchup. I'm probably all set. Only two real options I would look at would be uh, Joe Ingles, 4K. Still too cheap for him with no Mitchell. We see him play significant minutes every single time. And then Jordan Clarkson at 5,800. The price bump feels a little bit high, but the matchup's absolutely fantastic. So those are the two guys I'm mainly looking at, and the only two guys. Uh, They both just get a nice big usage bump and minutes bump with no Donovan Mitchell, and that should continue in this matchup. Uh, for the Portland side of the ball, normally I would say target Larry Nance, not the best matchup going against Rudy Gobert. Nonetheless, uh, we don't play Larry Nance for his offense. You play him for his rebounds. You play him for his, you know, how he gets into the passing lanes. He comes up with a couple of steals. Uh, you play him for those transition dunks. I think he makes for a good pivot in GPPs, obviously going against Gobert and this Utah team. You know, it's going to make you feel a little weary when you're talking about your cash games and your single entries, but I'm not ruling him out just yet. I think he's certainly still in play. Uh, don't mind Nasir Little at 5K, but I'm not chasing that 48 DK point game. That's the one thing that leaves me a little bit uncomfortable. I don't think he's going to drop another one like that. I think we're looking at more of like a you know 25 high upside of 30, which would still get things done for us, but we're going to need a little bit more. I'm just not chasing the upside in a game, in a matchup like this one. And then Lillard at 10-6. I want to say no, but I feel like Lillard just kind of crushes these matchups. Um I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. John Morant, give me him over him. Final game of the night, Dallas Mavericks traveling to Sacramento, taking on the Kings. Kings on the second half of a back-to-back for the Mavs, though. Trey Burke, Willie Cauley-Stein, Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleber, all ruled out. 
Uh, we do not have a game total for this one. Oh, that last game total, 230, uh, Utah, favored by six in that one. Keep an eye on the Sacramento team on the second half of a back-to-back. Should be good to go for the most part. Porzingis now all the way priced up at 9-4. Coming off of a big game, one of his biggest of the season, a 34-9-5-2-2 game, putting up 62.25 DK points. It's an expensive price tag for him. Uh, keeping him in the player pool for now because I think with Luka off the floor in this matchup, he has 50-point upside pretty easily. Just uh, a little risky. Uh, definitely a little risky. Mavs have actually been playing really good basketball as of late so that we don't necessarily have to worry about a blowout against this Kings team. But with the, you know, they're probably going to throw the whole ship and sink at them. Uh, Brunson at 7,900. I, I prefer Derek White for much cheaper. I prefer Bledsoe for a little cheaper. I prefer, you know, John Morant for $900 more. I like him in the matchup. I just don't see myself going to him. He, he maybe be a little bit of a pivot off those guys, but I couldn't even say a pivot because he's not even that close in the price range where uh, we can really just say, you know, uh, you know swap to him. Uh, you're not really swapping to him when you're when you're overspending by, you know, 900 or $1,000 more than some of these other guys. Uh, outside of those two guys, I think Frank Nittaklina at 3700 remains an option. The minutes were down in that last one, but it was also a blowout. But 3700 we talked about a few other value plays on this slate. He's certainly an option. Sacramento side of the ball, second half of the back-to-back, not paying 86 for Halliburton. Um, I'm not paying 69 for Heald. I think 55 for Rashawn Holmes, certainly an option. Uh, the minutes have been down over the past two games as he's coming back from the injury. Those were also blowouts. Now keep in mind, this is the second half of the back-to-back for him. So let's wait and see how he finishes this game. If we see upwards of 28 to 30 minutes, we can run right back to the well with him. He's not dealing with COVID or conditioning or anything like that. It was an eye injury. So I certainly think that we can look at some Rashawn Holmes at 5,500. That's a fantastic price tag and a great matchup. Probably my number one option on this team and one of the only guys I'm looking at, but I wouldn't fault you if you're playing Darren Fox. Uh, just not somebody I've played too much of all season long. So if you like him, play him. Uh, I try not to recommend guys I don't play, though. That's I think that's why you probably listen to this. So. Uh, you know, sometimes I get them right, sometimes I don't, but I'd like to think for the most part, I, I get a good amount, right? And that brings us to the end. That is all nine games. I told you two times speed motored through in 30 minutes. Now let's get to everyone's favorite the player tier segment where I will give two guys at each position. Cause I am by myself. Uh, my number one play, like I said, I'm going to have a fair amount of John Morant at 8,800 in this matchup against the Lakers. Expect to be competitive. Wouldn't be surprised if we see the, you know, Grizz come out with a nice sizable win here. And that's going to be on the back of John Morant at 8,800. Sign me up there. Uh, and then for our top tier, I mean, you could run it back with LeBron. I wouldn't fault you there. Uh, but I would look at LaMelo coming off of a game where it was a blowout and he only played 25 minutes. He only played 25 minutes over the last two games. If people box score chase, let them. Uh, because the guy almost had 40 DK points in 25 minutes. If he plays another 5 to 10 minutes, we're looking at an easy 50 right there. So uh, I'll look at the two guards as my two top spend-up options. Now, if we slide over to the mid-tier, I uh, mentioned a few guys, and you're probably going to hear their names again right now. Derek White, I'll continue to go back to that well at 6,800. Certainly an option for me. Just the guy with no DeJounte Murray, the usage jumps up. The ball handler responsibilities jump up. Everything just kind of skyrockets for him. And that makes it worthwhile. Until he's like 7,500 with DeJounte off the floor, I'm going to continue to play him. It's, it's just that simple. Uh, and then if we're looking at another guy in the mid-tier, a couple of options I could go with here. 
I really want to keep an eye on Rashawn Holmes, but at 5,500, I love that price tag for him. So that's the guy I'm going to go with now. But monitor the minutes. If there's any word that he's not going to play a full complement, then that's something that we have to be a little bit concerned with. But as of now, as it stands, he's probably one of my favorite mid-tier. And then for the value, I would go Pritchard, too. If Smart's out, I'd say Pritchard, too. Probably you know a little bit more safe. If we see Smart's out, we'll have that news relatively early because it's a pretty early game. Uh, for the value, Omer, you're seven. 4,600, sign me up. Not much more needs to be said. Having a killer game again tonight. We continue to go back to that well. Uh, and then for the other value play, plenty of options. We're going to want to see what some of these starting lineups look like. But one thing we do know is that our guy, excuse me, getting ready to cough. I had to mute the mic real quick. Joe Ingles will continue to play big minutes at 4K. No Donovan Mitchell, still too cheap for him. Should be around that 5K mark. Gives you a nice, comfortable floor. Has a decent ceiling. Uh, I do like me some Ingles. Also offers that small forward eligibility. I was thinking McDaniels, but we'll go we'll go Ingles. And then now on to our Thrive Fantasy prop picks of the night. Now, there's a lot of easy cash ones that we see. Whether you want to go Bledsoe, you know, Steals, Kemba Walker, Assist. A lot of easy ones that you could probably just lock in right now and feel good about, but you're not going to get that those high point totals from. Uh, so without those high point totals, we're going to need a little bit more from some other people. Now, some options I think that are pretty comfortable. Mike Conley, 14.5 points, gives you 110 points. I do like that one. So sign me up with Mike Conley, over 14.5 points. And then uh, for giggles, we'll throw another another one over here. Trying to find a decent one. Uh, I say Zach Levine. It's only 90 points with eight and a half rebounds and assists. I think it's pretty comfortable for a guy that should be getting you know five and five in this game. Going against Atlanta, fast-paced matchup. Going against second unit guys. I like that one as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Apatria. M I K E A P O T R I A. Go give us a thumbs up, a five star, subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you get the notification as soon as the podcast gets posted. You can listen to it on your way to work when you're having your morning coffee, uh, whatever you're doing. Go for your morning stroll, walk your dog, start the podcast. The best way to start your day, this is a first look podcast. If you're looking for additional information, you can get it from the behind the scene articles if you have that DFS pass or join us in our Discord while I'm in there every night, one hour before lock. Passing out my favorite plays, my highest owned players, answering questions if you're stuck on, you know, this guy or this guy, which two of you two do you like more, whatever it may be. I'm there to help, and that's what we do it for. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Harris and myself crushing that wonderful Thursday slate for you guys. As always, thank you. Take care, and let's go take down some tournaments. <laughs>